SkillsUSA's podcast channel. SkillsUSA podcasts are a combination of interviews, speeches from our national conference, and content from other podcasts or radio broadcasts, which we've been given permission to share. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or visit SkillsUSA.org and search podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of the Skill Trades Playbook. I'm your host, Juan Caroso, author of the At Your Best Playbook series. In this episode, you'll be listening to my conversation with Tim Lawrence. Tim is the CEO of Skills USA. For years, Skills USA has been doing tremendous work introducing the skilled trades to new generations of young folks across the country. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Tim, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about Skills USA and then we can go from there. I am Tim Lawrence, the executive director of Skills USA, and my career started as a Skills USA student in high school many years ago in southern West Virginia. I grew up in the coal fields and came from a working class family, but really wanted to follow my dad into the trades. So I became a welding student in Mercer County, West Virginia. Uh, didn't know that I would uh, actually connect to an organization then called the Vocational Industrial Clubs of America, now called Skills USA. That would really change my life. I had an instructor who was a real mentor, uh, uh, a great role model. Uh, he came from the trade himself and uh, really taught me a lot about about the trade, but also a lot about life. And that's what happens with our instructors in Skillshare. So they became they become role models and mentors and friends. Spend much more time on task with students than in traditional education. But that that experience really made a difference for me as a young man. Uh, I went into a welding competition, actually in 1969 in Southern West Virginia, a state level competition. Didn't win it, but saw a real magic that occurred there because people were there that really supported my my entry into the trades. Uh, the mayor of the little small town of Welch, West Virginia, was there to say congratulations. People from the West Virginia Department of Education were there to say, good job, welcome, we're glad you're here. And the biggest thing was that there were employers there. Industry was there to judge our work. I was in a welding competition uh, as as a 17-year-old young man, and I saw these people around me that were uh, that were leaders in the industry in my, in my local uh, area. So as a young man, I said, hey, you know, what I'm, if what I'm doing with my hands and my mind isn't important, why would all these people be here to support me? So it made a, a huge difference in my life. That instructor encouraged me to to participate, to be a part of that event, and uh, it was a life-changing experience. It really helped me set goals so much higher in, in career, in education, and even in personal life. So I'd say the two magical parts of SkillsUSA as I get into my story and move from there to, to where we are now is that it is industry-driven, those employers that were there that day looking over my shoulder, judging my work, uh, were were really uh, examples of, of where I knew I could go as a young man in the trade. Um, but they were also there lending just support to say, hey, what you're doing is important to our industry. What you're doing is important to your community. What you're doing is important to the economy. So that made a big difference. So industry-driven, but we're student-led. At the same time I was in that local school in southern West Virginia, we had a chapter of SkillsUSA. Uh, there are uh, 6,200 schools across this nation, high schools, colleges, and even middle schools now that are involved in our program, and 23,000 classrooms in every state and territory in this nation. And we're 
led by students who are elected to serve in positions of president, vice president, and so forth. So I was a local chapter officer, which allowed me to learn a little about um, business procedures, how to run a, a business meeting properly, how to uh, make decisions, uh, which were really in the future to become business decisions. But what we define ourselves as today is a partnership of students, teachers, and industry working together to assure America has a skilled workforce. And in that process, we help every student that comes through the program to excel. Our membership this year is 427,000, and I'm so proud that I was one of those students um, back in the in the late 60s and early 70s that became a, a part of 13 million students who've come through this program in the past 50, 54 going on 55 years. So made a, made a huge impact for me, and now as the leader of the organization, uh, I can see that it makes a huge difference for, for young people and older students as well all across this country. The competitions are the visible rendering of what the program results in, but you've got a the that career essential suite, as I just read about some of the elements of it. It'd be nice to see what goes into the curriculum or, or the, the process before they get to the competition. I'd like to flesh that out a little bit if I could. Absolutely. The, the competition is one, one part. It's a big part, but it's one-seventh of the program that we, uh, that we lead here at SkillsUSA. So the, uh, the organization was founded in 1965 not as a competition organization, but as a leadership and character development organization. So what industry was looking for in those days and what education across the country was looking for was an organization that would be a professional organization for students studying in the trades. So above all else, we're a professional organization for trade students to help them with those career essential skills, to help them with uh, employability skills, as we call them, to make them not only a good welder, a good plumber, a good HVAC technician, a good carpenter, but to make him a, a, good, uh, a good citizen, uh, a well-rounded person with good communication skills, teamwork skills, and all the other things that make people successful. So our core is built around a framework. And that framework, if you think of it as a triangle of personal skills, workplace skills, and technical skills grounded in academics. So if you look at everything that we do at SkillsUSA, it's based on the framework. Personal skills like work ethic and integrity, workplace skills, um, like communication, teamwork, and leadership, and of course technical skills with a, with a solid academic background. Um, the personal skills are things that people have to do individually. Work ethic is not something you really learn as a team, although teamwork will help reinforce work ethic. Work ethic something comes from inside. Integrity is something that comes from inside. So we have the Career Essential Suite, which is a, a curriculum that uh, was informed by, by many of our business partners. And again, we're, we're, we're industry-driven, but student-led, back to that point. Starting with the framework, about a 1,000 companies from all over this country informed the work of, of SkillsUSA when we built the framework, and, and many of our, our corporate partners have also helped frame this, this career essential suite. So uh, it's really a way to, to, uh, to teach, implement, and measure those very important employability skills. I mentioned integrity, work ethic, teamwork, and so forth. But um, that, uh, that curriculum, that suite, uh, is age-banded. It starts at the middle school level and goes all the way to the adult level. Uh, going back to the competition, the competition is really a way to, to test not only the technical skills in HVAC or in plumbing or in carpentry, but in every competition we do, whether it's bricklaying or whether it's engineering technology, there's a resume component, there's a... Um, 
an oral professional interview, face-to-face job interview, uh, business plan presentation, whatever it may be, uh, to test those other skills. And there's even a professional development test. So you can't win the National Bricklaying Competition or the HVAC competition unless you bring inside your portfolio those personal and workplace skills in addition to your technical skills. So I hope that gives a little framework around how we do this. But, uh, you know, speaking of competition, last year our youngest competitor was 13 years old, a middle school student from Hawaii in engineering technology. Our oldest student competitor was 73, a young lady from Arizona studying welding. Um, and she was actually in a welding art sculpture competition that we manage because she was learning how to sculpt and how to how to design metal sculpture to uh, to make that part of her her life journey. Just a clarification, or or a little bit more on that. I don't. Um, I'm not surprised about the 13 year old going in. You know, middle school focus, as, as you said, age banded. I am a little surprised of the 73 year old. Um, how does that figure into the Skills USA curriculum, and where where's the association there? Is it would it be like at a community college or or a technical school? If that's how they they uh, tapped into that, absolutely. There are thousands of people of all ages going back to technical colleges and community colleges to gain technical skills. In fact, one of the largest uh, largest uh, sectors of enrollment in our in our community colleges are people with four-year degrees coming back to gain a, a, a marketable, uh, more of a hands-on skill. Some is because of interest, like the lady from Arizona who wanted to sculpt. Others are because they want to redefine their career and start start over with something that's, that's more tangible, more meaningful uh, to earn a living, to support their family. So, yes, we have that, that adult component that uh, a technical college or community college student can be any, anything from a 17-year-old right out of high school to a to an older adult who's coming back for retraining. What happens in the event of not having a Skills USA representation at your school? You you listen to this uh, episode and you really want to to take advantage of the opportunity, but I don't have anything at my school. What happens then? Yeah, connect with us. Uh, look at our website skillsusa.org. Take a look at the opportunities. And just reach out to the national office here, and we can guide you to something that's at least somewhere in your area that you can at least go in and get some advice uh, from from instructors or, or counselors that work with us. But there are some schools that will not have this opportunity, and there are some schools that won't offer a particular trade or occupational specialty that a student might be interested in. But there are other opportunities um, at the post-secondary level uh, most everywhere in this country. But just get in touch with us, and we'll try to guide you uh, toward toward that uh, that option. You have a a very unique perspective because given how Skills USA sits in the crucible of everything associated with the evolution of kids going through the conception of it into into the trades, your perspective is interesting in that um, if if someone were to ask you, given the skills gap that we speak to that rec- we recognize is something daunting out there. What's your prognosis as it, it relates to solving it? What do you think it will take? Obviously, you're doing your part, but it's numbers that are extraordinary. What do you think it's going to take? They really are extraordinary. I was on an airplane flying to California a couple of weeks ago with an executive from DuPont building a data center down in the Gulf. Needed uh, 300 electricians. Can't find them. I was out at uh, Spirit Aerosystems who build 737s and 787 fuselages for Boeing. 600, 600 openings today. 
having a hard time feeling them. Um, the skills gap is real. It's getting more severe. Uh, we know that around 10,000 people turn 65 in this country every day, which was considered to be the retirement age. But the skills gap is, is, is absolutely real. And, and I believe that getting people excited about entering these fields is cultural. Uh, there's, a, there's an issue, has been for a long time, about uh, everyone needing a, a four-year university degree to be successful in life. And believe me, we, em- we embrace higher education. And many of our students who enter the trades go on to, to high-level positions in, in corporate America because they do have those framework skills that we talked about that can help them move up the career ladder. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, uh, in my lifetime, and I've been involved with this for well, since I was a student, I was a, an instructor myself, moved into a state administrative position at the Virginia Department of Education, been working here at National Skills since, since 1996, and I've never seen the stars align like they have right now uh, around this issue. Uh, workforce development boards are talking about it. Governors are talking about it. Congress is talking about it. The president is talking about it. And we have to all work together around the solution. We believe we're part of the solution at SkillsUSA because we're getting young people excited about entering the trades. But as we look at how the stars have aligned around what we do with college, uh, university, uh, loan debt, rising above credit card debt uh, in this country for the first time, with parents looking at alternative ways for their students, their young people, their sons and daughters to, to enter the workforce, I truly believe that, that things are changing. Um, and parents are the key. I think that above all else, we've got policymakers talking about this issue. We've got industry leaders talking about it. We've got educators talking about it. But it really gets back to the parents understanding the opportunity for their for their children uh, to enter, a, 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 whether it's construction, manufacturing, hospitality, IT, whatever it may be. There are great opportunities here, and the gap is real. And I call it a seller's market for people with skills. Uh, we're going to eventually see in the near future supply and demand catch up with, with this issue and we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see wages increase as the demand increases. So it's a good time to have a skill. It's, a, it's an incredible time to have a technical skill and to have these other skills uh, to, to complement them. I can't agree with you more. I think um, I, I spent a lot of time speaking with folks in the field on, on all sides of the issue associated with the skilled trades and skills gap. And I walk away with the same perspective. The, the skills gap that is continually growing represents a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for uh, folks with a skill base, given the portability of the skills, being able to manage your career and view the the, the future from a perspective of, I can go where the work is, uh, and the work is not going to be in short supply. The demand for the skills are going to be there. So it's a tremendous opportunity. It's like it's the laws of supply and demand working on overtime for, on behalf of these folks. <laughs> yeah, I was down in New Mexico at, and, uh, at Navajo Technical University on the Navajo Nation, speaking to a group of young people that were studying in the trades. And, and you know, as I talked with them about opportunity, I said, you know, you can work anywhere in the world. If you have these skills, they're portable. Uh, you, you, your skills are in demand, and believe me, you can work anywhere you'd like to work around the world right now because your, your trades are, are in high demand. And I think it's going to get even more, uh, as you said, it's going to, the supply and demand is going to catch up, and we're going to see even more and more of the, of the demand come our way. What can folks listening to uh, this, this episode, 
what can they do to help Skills USA? You're you're the focal point on so many different levels, given the membership base and the penetration you have in those 6,200 schools and so on. What can we do to to, to support your efforts? Well, I, I would say a couple things. If you're listening and you're from business and industry, please connect to your local technical school. Uh, high schools offer incredible technical programs, whether they're what we call career tech centers, which were once called vocational centers, comprehensive high schools that offer technical courses, please walk in and take a look at what's happening there. It is not what it was in the 60s and 70s or even 80s and 90s. We have very uh, incredibly clean, high-tech labs and and opportunities for young people to to really gain some some incredible skills and, 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 and shape a very positive future pathway. Um, there are local advisory councils in every one of these schools that need people from the community to serve and inform their curriculum and take a look at what they're teaching, especially from business and industry, to make sure it aligns with the local economy. Uh, there are competitions happening, not only in, in HVAC, plumbing, and, and, um, and, and welding, and all the other trades. Uh, there are also competitions happening uh, in public speaking and job interview skills. Uh, there's one in entrepreneurship where students build a business plan and present it to the judges. So you don't have to be a, a technical person to help SkillsUSA in those local chapters. You just have to have some expertise in life and in business to, to help out to be a competition judge. Um, if you're a local company, offer tours for the students. Come in and speak to the students from your company. The instructors only know the opportunities that, that are available in their community when they're informed of those opportunities. So if you can come in to, to work with the instructor, that's the key to connect to the students and, and get them get them engaged in your company. Offer internships, offer mentorships. Um, there's also, that's local level. There's also a state level. In every state, we have a director who manages that program in the state, um, and they need volunteers. They need technical committees, judges. They need state uh, board of directors members. Uh, they need training for their students. So, again, it doesn't have to be around bricklaying or plumbing, it can be around job interview skills or, or how to communicate properly. All these things help the students. On the national level, uh, all the work that's done in SkillsUSA is based upon national standards. Our, frameworks, our framework uh, involves one set of standards for employability skills, but we also have technical standards developed by industry uh, in every one of those trades. So we need help with standards development. Uh, we have national committees that serve to create these competitions, and we need judges and, and tech committee members there. Uh, there are all kinds of ways to support with human, in-kind, and financial resources if, if, you're, if you're so inclined to do so. But remember that there are tens of thousands of students in the electrical and the construction trades, technology trades, uh, training each and every year. In fact, architecture and construction are our largest cluster of students in this program, 60 to 70,000 a year annually are involved in the construction trades in our program. So um, whether it's that or whether you want to help on the IT side or on the um, the manufacturing side, there's lots of opportunities. So we just encourage people to get out and take a look at their local schools, offer their assistance wherever they can. Uh, you might want to call it the PTA of technical education, but we do need that help. Okay. Well, what would you say to the parents? You said you you said that the parents are the key. What would be your I don't want to call it a pitch, but your presentation to them to encourage them to seriously 
uh, guide as they're guiding their children through the process of going into adulthood and thinking about the future, how would you try to entice them? You've already done a good job with those 427,000 kids. They're there. How about, how do we get more? How do we, how do we get those parents to, to sign up and say that cultural uh, aversion that I may have because of whatever I've learned or whatever I thought, I need to overcome it, and these are the reasons why? Right. You know, I, I, I talk with students constantly, and I, this is my advice to them. When a door opens, when you see a door of opportunity open, walk through it. And, you know, you may never know what's on the other side until you enter it. I would tell parents the same thing. Take a look at what's behind that door in technical education because the opportunity is there like never before. Uh, whether it's a, a high school program or whether it's a technical or community college program, um, first of all, uh, going through that, even if they're pursuing a four-year degree, going through that two-year program, which much much less expense and, and, and virtually no debt, uh, going through that technical program, receiving the same academic training, but also picking up that technical skill that will go with you throughout life. If, uh, if, if a parent is so inclined that they feel their child must have a four-year university education, guess what? You know, having a technical skill is a great way to pay your way through college. And who knows what, uh, what you might pick up along the way. And so many of our, of our young people find that, that, uh, that passion when they do take uh, a, technical, a technical course and they do make a decision that, hey, this is something I really like and something I want to do. I was one of those kids. You know, when I, when I struggled a little with algebra in high school, and many kids do when they hit that, that algebra wall, as I called it, uh, you know, I needed something really to prove to me that academics were important, that math and science were important. And when I put my hands on in that welding class, something that I could see was real life, real world, was applicable to to real-world industry, the light came on in the young man's mind, and I said, wow, now I know why I need the math. Now I know why I need the science, and I excelled from that day forward. So, you know, it's also that idea of applying, applying academics to something real and something tangible that makes sense because so many of our students, uh, and the graduation rates prove it, both at high school and college levels, do not make it through the academic rigor simply because they don't see the application. They don't see the need. Uh, they get bored with it because it's something they feel they'll never use. But using that, that technical trade as a way to apply those academics, uh, that's one thing parents should understand. And also to understand that there's, there's real opportunity. Take a, look at, take a look at wages, take a look at job openings, and take a look at, at what opportunity exists inside the trades because it's, it may surprise you. And it also may surprise you to walk into a technical school and see what, what that lab looks like today. So couple things. Look at our schools, look at our programs, talk to the teachers, um, make sure you know the opportunity, and then really talk to your children about, about what, they, what they really feel passionate about, what they really want to do with their life. You know, we start in middle school because that's when students start thinking about careers. We certainly don't want to try to steer any student into a career path that early, but at least they can start thinking about their options. So it's all about options, it's all about opportunity, and it's all about understanding what uh, what it really looks like if you're if you're looking inside technical education. I have one last question to ask you. What would you tell your younger self to either learn or avoid altogether? Uh, it can be in your professional career or in in your personal life. Yeah, what I would what I would tell people to avoid altogether is is the stigma that 
there's only one path. There's only one path to success, and that's that's through a. Uh, and again, we embrace higher education, and and it's so right for so many people, but it's also not right for so many people. So avoid that stigma that that there's something lower class or second class about about learning a trade or or entering a technical pathway. It's uh, it's something that is just dynamic. It's something that will will create a spark in so many young people. And, and and adults as well as they get their hands on things for the first time that they really feel passionate about. Um, something I would have done differently would have probably been to uh, to learn more uh, during that technical program. I'll never forget going on the first job thinking I knew <laughs> thinking I knew uh, uh, much more than I really did because we're talking about entry level skills. Don't expect to be a journeyman level uh, plumber or, or electrician or HVAC tech coming right out of a tech school. Make sure you 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 grab a mentor uh, who's going to be positive to help you learn and and uh, and really grow and and develop your skill because no matter how much training you have in a two year program you're still you've still got a lot to learn. Uh, I thought as I was coming out of that that trades program that that I was good to go that I knew everything I needed to know. I found out the first night on the job I didn't. <laughs> so it's uh it's always it's always looking up to that that person with experience. That person that has uh, uh, the desire to mentor and and bring along the next generation, make sure you you connect to those people. And I would also say to any young person listening or a parent listening to this, you know, you are who your friends are, you know, and hanging out is something kids talk about. Hang out with the right people. Uh, This is throughout life, whether it's in school or whether it's in higher education or whether it's in life, you know. When you when you surround yourself with positive people, you become one of those positive people. When you surround yourself with people that aren't always willing to do the right thing, you become part of that that um, you become part of that process. So so uh, luckily, those doors of opportunity opened for me. Luckily, I was with the right crowd. But I, I see so many people, even some of my friends from high school, that didn't go that pathway, that went uh, along with a crowd that wasn't doing the right thing. And we know what happens there. So just always stay on the positive side. Look for those role models and mentors and people that can help guide you and you will be successful. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Skilled Trades Playbook and learning more about Skills USA from Tim. Please feel free, as always, to send me your comments or any ideas on how to improve the Skilled Trades Playbook. You can send me a note on Twitter to at... AYB Careers, or you can send me an email to jcarosso at atyourbest.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you can continue receiving these episodes of the Skilled Trades Playbook, where I have my conversations with folks sharing their candid insights and advice on the skilled trades and closing the skills gap. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. 